When we depend upon organization, we get what organization can do. When we depend on preaching, we get what our preaching can do. When we depend upon money, we get what money can do. And when we depend upon education, we get what education can do. But when we depend upon prayer, we get what God can do. What all of us need is what God can do. The one concern of the evil one is to keep Christians from praying. He fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, and prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil. He mocks our wisdom, but he trembles when we pray. Today, I want us to talk about prayer and healing. And I know for some of you, maybe that's not something you're accustomed to, but the Bible talks about it. And we see healing happening in scripture, and I believe we see healing happening today. So I want, before we start, I want to give you a little bit of background so that we can understand uh, exactly what I mean when I use some of the terminology that I use. First of all, uh, let me give you our position on the gifts and the miraculous gifts. All right, I'm gonna give you my position, which is the position of our elders. There are people in our church that will have different positions, but this is where we are as church leadership, okay? Now, I wanna, I wanna explain to you a couple of different positions, and these are too extreme. Right, so I wanna give you the two extreme, recognizing there are lots of people in the middle, and then I wanna share with you our position. All right, so number one, there's a position called cessationism. And what cessationism means is that uh, the gifts, the miraculous gifts certainly, cease to exist when the last apostle died. So when the last apostle died, that was it. And so that is no longer the way that God chooses to work. Um, God may choose in his own mercy to heal someone, uh, but it doesn't have anything to do with the individual He's not uh, gifting them or putting that within them, that ability or that necessarily in that manner, okay? So cessationism, certainly there are people who are partial cessationists, but I'm giving uh, the extreme, okay? So that's one position. Now over here, and by the way, no one calls themselves this. I just made this word up because it kind of sounded like that word on the opposite. So I've never met anyone that says, I'm a sensationist, Okay. I just made that up. I don't even think it's in the dictionary. But anyway, sensationism. So what does that mean? That means that if you really have faith, the miracle will happen. The only reason God wants to do miracles in your life and the only reason you're not being healed, the only reason you're not getting what you want is because you don't have enough faith. So if you have faith, all these things are open to you and you can have them if you simply have the right faith or enough faith whatever the term may be. I call that sensationism. Uh, matter of fact, I, we have to be careful that we don't make the gifts about us. Paul went to great lengths in the book of 1 Corinthians to correct the early church about making the gifts about them. Gifts should always point you to Christ. If they don't, uh, then they're out of spirit, all right, and they're not correct. So we have these two extremes. All right, then our position. What is my position? Here's what I believe. I am open 
but careful. Open, but careful. I believe miracles can happen if it's according to God's will. We talked about prayer in Jesus' name two weeks ago. And we understood, as John talked about in 1 John chapter 5, that if we pray anything according to his will, according to his kingdom, he hears it and he answers it according to his will, according to his purposes. I believe that God still uses the prayers of his people. He still uses the body of Christ in orchestration as his spirit certainly does the healing. So we want to be open, but careful because the enemy loves to get a foothold in areas like this, i.e. see 1 Corinthians. Go back and read uh, chapters 11, 12. As a matter of fact, 13 was put right in the middle of 14 where he gives further directions. Another sermon for another day. All right. With that background, let's, let me give you a little bit more, uh, a little bit more understanding. And these are the only notes you're going to get today, by the way. Um, I usually, usually love to put lots of notes on the board, uh, but this is what we're going to get today. So regarding prayer, when we pray, when we pray and ask for God to heal, we pray it in Jesus' name. Now, we talked about the importance of knowing God's heart, of praying in Jesus' name, praying God's will. Uh, we see a great job of that by Jesus sharing Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, the Lord's Prayer, and teaching us the manner, uh, kind of an outline for how to pray and to pray in Jesus' name. And we want to, as we talked about, read it, say it, and sing it. Read it, say it, and sing it. We'll see a little bit more about the sing portion in our scripture. My faith is in the goodness and the purpose of God. It's not myself. It's not even in the words I utter. It's in the goodness and the purpose of God. That's what I'm praying in faith, in Jesus' name. That's what I'm asking. That's what I'm believing. Our faith is to be active. James does a great job of saying faith without works is dead. What does he mean? He's saying if there's something you can, as Oswald Chambers said, faith is this, doing everything you honestly and ethically can and trusting the rest of God. So if there's someone that has a need in your life, what are you doing to help meet that need? Are you praying and are you assisting? Are you talking? Are you encouraging? Are you looking for opportunities to share, uh, to encourage or provide? And then saying, God, you do what I can't do. That's why I think it's a good idea to go to the doctor. I believe it's a good idea to get medical treatment. We're going to do what we can. Then we're going to trust God with what is not provided for us. Prayer is individual and communal. As the body of Christ, yes, we want to pray with supplication. We want to make our request name to God. But there are definitely times where we need the body of Christ praying with us. And we see that in James chapter 5. And then lastly, but not least, um, oil. Matter of fact, I have some in my pocket right here. Uh, we're going to actually use this today. But we'll see this in our text. What is oil in this particular instance in Scripture, uh, we see oil used for a variety of ways. Sometimes it's used for medicinal purposes. Certainly, uh, the Good Samaritan. Uh, other times, a time of consecration. Uh, we know David was anointed with oil. But also, it's used here in James chapter 5. And I believe at this point, oil is a symbol of the Spirit. It's an outward expression of 
an inward transformation of what the Spirit is doing. It's a prayer faith, and we're just like when we received communion, we were giving testimony of what we believe. When someone is baptized, uh, we don't believe the physical act of baptism saves them, but it is a picture, it is a concrete symbol, a concrete picture of the transformation that is, has taken place in their lives, that they've gone from death to life. Oil is a picture it is a mechanism that gives a concrete example that we're praying in faith and we're praying that the spirit of God would work, would heal, would move. So with that understanding, let's look at our text, which is a difficult one uh, in many regards, but an important one. We see James uh, is the author of this book, obviously. James was, the bro- we believe, the brother of Jesus. And when James 1 starts off, he talks about praying about asking for wisdom. And then we see in the last chapter, chapter five, again, James is talking about praying. So let's begin as we talk about prayer and healing with James chapter five, verse 13. And the scripture says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. That word suffering, uh, probably even a little bit better translation in our current vernacular day would be struggling. Is any one of you struggling? Not just physically, it could be emotionally or spiritually or even relationally. Is any one of you struggling, suffering? Let him pray. Let him make requests. Let him make supplication before God. And then he says, is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Well, that's interesting. Why did he say, let him sing praise? Matter of fact, the way that uh, the verse is constructed in the Greek, it's not uh, if you're suffering, then you pray, but if you're cheerful, you sing. He's saying both. If you're suffering, you should pray and sing. If you're cheerful, you should pray and you should sing. That word sing is is interesting. We, We mentioned this earlier. Because singing very well can be prayer when we do it in the manner of worship. When we do it as David did, as he would sing his prayers in the book of Psalms. And the Jews became very acquainted with singing multiple songs and they became their prayers. And so when we sing, that's an opportunity to worship in prayer. And what do I mean by that? We're communicating with God. We're sharing our heart. We're expressing with words that maybe we didn't have or couldn't think of as the Spirit intercedes. And James says, hey, if you're struggling, pray and sing. If things are going good for you, pray and sing. Verse 14, the Bible says, is any one of you sick? The literal word right here, Antoneo, is is weak. Is any one of you weak? And it certainly uh, includes physical weakness, but it can be emotional weakness. It could be spiritual weakness. He says, let him call for the elders of the church, the leaders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now we see that James is encouraging. There are times in your life where you need to be prayed over, you need to be prayed for. There need to be people in your life, whether it's a small group leader, where it's a godly friend, that you need to include in the process of healing. If you're weak, ask for prayer. 
ask for others to join you in concert and let them pray over you. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Remember the name of the Lord, the name of Jesus. According to his will, we are anointing people with oil. So we'll actually do that today for those who wish. Um, we will anoint with oil and we will pray in Jesus' name according to his will for healing, for strength, for fortitude. And that's biblical. We're gonna have our leaders pray over those of you who want prayer because I believe that God heals. And I believe that this is the manner that he's chosen, one of the manners he's chosen for us to use. Now, are these magic words or is oil magic? No, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. There's not a magic code, there aren't magic words. But here's a description that the scripture gives us to help to enter in, to set our hearts and our minds right as we pray in the name of Jesus. And then it really gets interesting. Verse 15, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now, what does that mean? The prayer of faith. This prayer and faith that you're asking God to heal, save or rescue is the literal word, the one who is weak, who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. It's really interesting, if you go back and read the Gospels, the vast majority of the time when Jesus would heal someone, it was never simply for the purpose of them physical, physically being relieved. Uh, just go back and read it. I, I think it's fascinating. Uh, there are a couple of times where Jesus just spoke the word and the person wasn't, wasn't even nearby. And you know, when Mark, he says this, he says, so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority He's healed. He, he speaks that word and the person's healed. He, he does that twice. There, there were other times where he would pray for someone and, and he would heal them uh, of their, one particular instance, of they were blind. And Jesus, uh, one time he, he spits his hand, he makes spittle and he puts it on his eyes. And the blind man's able to see. And two things. First of all, I think it's a picture of God creating man, we see God taking the dirt, molding his hand, putting on the eyes, giving the sight, and then what happened? That man glorifies God. We see worship happen. We see that it's always pointing them toward Christ, pointing them toward his authority. Praise, glory, worship. Each time. Why? Because Jesus isn't just interested in the physical. He's interested in the holistic. He heals. What does that mean, healing? We, in our culture, we love to be cured. That's what we want. We go to the doctor, we want a cure. Give me a pill, I want to cure this cough. Give me a pill, I want to cure this. Whatever it is, we want to be cured. But the truth is, most of the time, we receive healing. Sometimes Jesus cured people, but for most of us, we won't be fully cured till we get to heaven and we are in the new kingdom. But healing... That word healing that we'll see in just a moment means in a much richer, much deeper sense, Jesus wants us to understand and experience shalom. To understand who we are and what we need and who he is and the life that God has called us to live. So this prayer of faith that, that would save someone who is sick and the Lord raise him, sometimes we get sick because of sin. 
Well, I don't think I like that. Well, you probably have known people have gotten sick because of sin, because of an addiction, because of drugs or alcohol, and they're captivated and they become sick. Sometimes it can be emotional where anxiety so overwhelms us and we get stuck and we can't move forward. And James is saying, pray. Let the elders pray. Let the leaders pray. And let's rid ourselves of that sickness, of that sin, and I'll raise you up and I'll forgive you of your sins and you'll be forgiven. So that's one concept. But then on the other side, Sometimes you haven't done anything necessarily other than you live in a broken and fallen world and you become sick, but you can find yourself stuck, stuck with worry, anxiety, forgetting the things in life that are most important to you because you're so fixated on the illness or the struggle or the weakness and we confess that to God. We ask others to help us and we pray and maybe we receive counsel and we begin to pray and ask God to relieve us, to heal us. Healing is almost always a process. And when God heals us, it doesn't mean that everything's eradicated in every instance. It means that he's in the process of making us whole again. Now, my, some of you know my wife was diagnosed with cancer in January of 2020. And... Um, so we uh, had surgery in the middle of COVID. Uh, we were for a week downtown at cancer center and she did treatments, all that kind of good stuff. And by the way, uh, our cancer doctor ended up being, remember I told you that story about the lady, the single mom who came and helped us? That was her husband. Pretty amazing how God brings things full circle. And so I remember an office appointment afterwards the surgery's gone well. I think we're all set. Successful? We're good. That's good. And he goes, we were asking, so what does it look like? He goes, well, I can still see those, still see those things in there. I go, what things are you talking about? There's still cancer cells there. What? I thought that was all gone. Nope, it's not all gone. It'll probably never all be gone. And I had to understand the process and the concept of healing, not eradication, not a complete cure but my wife is doing great today. She's doing very well and God has healed, but he's not eradicated all the cancer. Can he do that? Does he do that sometimes? Yes, but you know what? I give thanks for the healing that she received emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And he's raised her up. There's a time where she and all of us, this is hard. I don't, I don't even want to move forward. I don't know what to do and, you have to confess that to God and say, Lord, even though I will trust you. Verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. See, God created us and formed us. And he knows that confession is good for the soul. When we bring those we love and we bring those whom we respect into our lives Healing can happen physically and spiritually and emotionally. Remember, Jesus is interested in you as a whole. Shalom, that's what it is, the whole piece. Doesn't mean you won't have anxiety. Doesn't mean you won't have diseases. Doesn't mean that you'll always feel better. Doesn't mean that you get exactly what you want. 
but it means he's in the process of healing you holistically. Your heart, body, soul, mind. He's making you better as we seek him. And the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. And so let me give you an example of this. Uh, Dr. Tony Campolo, who's a uh, popular author and speaker, uh, tells a story of how he was preaching uh, one night uh, at a place in Indiana and this couple came down after the service asking for prayer and asking for him to pray healing. He said, I noticed that the gentleman was in a very uh, bad mood. It seemed like he was agitated, but the wife was very sweet and said, would you please pray for my husband? He has terminal cancer. They've only given him weeks to live. And so Tony Campala said, I prayed as hard as I could and prayed God's healing for him. And then left. He goes, a few months later, I was back in that area at, an, at another church and I was speaking. And that same lady came up to me and said, do you remember? And she goes, yeah, your husband had cancer, right? She goes, yes, he did. And he thought, wow, did he get healed? She goes, well, no, he passed away about three weeks after you prayed for him. And Tony Campala said, man, I was thinking, what do I say in this situation? She said, no. I don't want you to fret, Dr. Campolo. Let me tell you something. My husband was so bitter and so angry at God when he got that diagnosis. He couldn't say anything positive. He was mad at God. The children didn't like to be around him. Nobody wanted to be around him. He was just so negative and fatalistic. But after you prayed for him, his heart changed. And when we got home, he had nothing but kind words to say to our children. He had nothing but kind words to say to me. He began to talk about the goodness of God and how he anticipated being completely whole one day. And he said, Dr. Campolo, that was the best three years, of, or best three weeks of my family's entire life. He became the husband that I'd always dreamed he would be. And the resentment, the bitterness, and the pride was released and I would take that three weeks all over again if it meant suffering through this. Because I know one day we'll all be together. And then we will be cured. We won't even be cured. We'll just be completely transformed where we won't even have these problems anymore. That's another great example of healing. Sometimes God completely heals physically. He eradicates. But oftentimes he heals through a process and primarily, his big goal is for us to be spiritually whole. And he can use the physical healing to bring him glory. He can use emotional healing to bring him glory. Or we can trust him even when he doesn't. But we still ask. We still seek in the name of Jesus. We still pray these prayers for healing, knowing that he can, that he can do the miraculous. And he invites us to do it in concert with him as we seek him. As we knock and ask, and as he opens the door. So, this morning, I want to give you the opportunity to have prayer for healing. And that could be physical. I know there are people that have cancer. I know that there are people that have other difficulties and diseases that you're dealing with. It could be emotional. Uh, it could be relational. It could even be spiritual where you find yourself stuck. 
and you feel like you have lost contact with God, but you're ready to come into his presence. You're ready for him to heal you and strengthen you again and use you for his glory. So we're going to enter into a spirit and a time of prayer. And then we're going to have a song sung over us again on healing. And if you're here today and you need healing, one of our leaders is going to come and just offer a prayer of healing over you. Because the Bible tells us to do this. Because this is the way the Bible tells us, God gives us to go about this process. And so that's what we're doing. We're honoring and we're doing it in the manner in which he asked as the body of Christ. So if you need healing when we begin, I want to invite you to stand. And after someone has prayed for you, then please be seated so that our leaders will know who else they can pray for. So if we all would enter into a spirit of prayer at this moment, God, we invite you to move. God, we ask you to miraculously heal those, Father, who will stand according to your will, according to your glory. So we come praying in the name of Jesus for your honor, for your glory. And God, I pray that transformation would take place, that wholeness would uh, transpire, and that healing would begin this day for each one who would say, Lord, I need your healing.